Hi, everyone. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford sitting alongside my trusted colleague, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And Wes, it's almost time. Packers, Patriots, Sunday Night Football, Brady Rogers, Foxborough, Gillette Stadium. Big one for both teams. And uh, it's our last show of the week, and that means keys to victory. So do we just start with which number 12 plays better or and then turn the cameras off, or is there more to talk <laughs> and then about? Call here? it a day. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was funny because I mentioned this in our final thoughts video too. Uh, Jamal Williams was asked in the locker room on Wednesday about you know trying to come out on top of this and what it means to be a part of the you know the Brady versus Rogers game. How infrequently this has happened in NFL history. And Williams said, I just love the answer. He said, you know, my job is to make sure the green twelve beats the blue twelve. <laughs> That's his only focus going into this thing. But. Yeah. Certainly, uh, you think of all the marquee matchups, right? We love icons. We love celebrity uh, athletes. We love b being able to watch something on television or be a part of something that even if you don't have an affiliation to the rivalry, if, even if you're not a Packers fan or a Patriots fan, you want to watch Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady play football. Yeah. Uh, and against each other in that setting, Sunday night football, it, it doesn't get any better than that. So, yeah, uh, from uh, looking at a much-needed victory standpoint, though, Packers need Aaron Rodgers to be on his A game. They need this offense to be moving the football because you know on the other side of things, while Mike Pettin does have a history against Bill Belichick, there's only so much you can do to some extent with what Brady's able to accomplish and what James White has been doing this season. So you got to get your points. you got to get your production. You have to consistently move the football, and you need to finally get out of there with a road victory. Yeah, the Packers – Definitely need a road victory. 0-3 on the road so far this year. And, uh, you know, some ugly performances, frankly, in Washington and Detroit. Packers' best performance of the season, home or road, for my money, in Los Angeles last week. Just came up a little bit short. It They need to repeat it, Wes. They need, they need to play like that again. You need to prove that how you played in Los Angeles last week is a better reflection of who you are than what went on the first six games and all the up and yep. down and the roller coaster and the inconsistent play prior to the bye week. This is a this is a huge opportunity for the Packers. Obviously, a win would get them back above 500, but more so, it's about continuing and building on what you did last week because they established a level of play that we hadn't seen for a four-quarter game. My point was, I said this during the Packers pregame uh, radio appearance that I did. I thought you need to go one and one in this stretch. I thought you need to steal one of these games or whatever, you know, term you want to use. Yeah. The Packers came close last week, but I got to be honest with you, Mike. I think if the Packers can go into Gillette Stadium and get a victory over Tom Brady, Bill Belichick and what I think a lot of people are considering to be the front runner in the AFC right now uh, for a potential Super Bowl berth and still have that performance in your back pocket against the Rams while disappointing, I think that gives you a huge jolt of a momentum now into the second half, into this third quarter of the season. Because the thing is, Mike, is that you do get the Miami Dolphins at home after this. And yeah, you're going on the road, you're playing in CenturyLink on short rest against Seattle, but you know the Seahawks have been up and down too. Yep. The real big gauntlet, the, the teeth of this stretch that they're in, was the Rams and the Patriots. You can go into the reasons why. I think <laughs> everybody at home knows. They don't need us to say it. Right. But if you're able to be able to pick out a victory here, if you're able to knock off the Patriots who are riding a five-game winning streak into this matchup, 
it changes the narrative very quickly. Yeah, and let's let's be honest. It's been a bit of a tumultuous week around here at 1265. A really, really tough loss in Los Angeles. A lot of turmoil, obviously, over how it ended. The trading deadline comes on Tuesday, and two established veterans on this team are shipped out for a number of different reasons. If you can come out of Gillette Stadium with a big victory over Tom Brady and the Patriots. All of the the tumult, if you want to call it that, just gets shoved that much farther into the review mirror and that much more quickly, and you're moving on with where you hope to be headed in 2018. It's the first step towards getting into what you hope to be a new direction in terms of being able to build up some consistency, get some back-to-back wins together, feel what it's like to be on a winning streak again, that, that's what you're looking for. And to be honest with you, I, I don't think this is the week where, you know, Devontae Adams mentioned a number of weeks ago where, hey, you know, we don't want to have a heart attack every time. This still might end up being one of those games. I think you but, have to be ready for that. But I if you, you come out on do. the winning side of that, right. well, then maybe there's a chance to start. You see the top of the hill and you start to see the inc- uh, the decline from there. So, you know, being able to, you know, get the wheels spinning a little bit, not working uh, you know, and, and trying to scratch and claw your way to some of these victories, find a way to start making things happen. Because, Mike, you and I have talked about it for a number of weeks now. Once the calendar turns to December, things change. Records change. You're starting to get more of these teams at home. You're starting to get these teams that aren't necessarily playoff contenders at this point. That is going to be the big catalyst, I think, towards trying to get the Packers to make a push at the end of the season. But you got to get the work done now, yeah, too. Yeah, you got to get some wins in November first off. And uh, let me throw a question at you, Wes, because you right. and I, I think, both agree that, and you brought up Eddie Lacy from the 2014 game here against the Patriots and Belichick's defense. You and I both agree that Aaron Jones is going to play a very big role offensively in this game. So my question for you is, does Aaron Jones get his first 100-yard rushing game of this season on Sunday night? Oh, Michael, you put me on the spot. (laughs) Um, Gosh, and I don't usually like to have no sound on this show, so I'm trying to think here. Where are the let's look here once. I, I okay. want to give you an intelligent answer. Okay. The Patriots are 14th right now in run defense, giving up 105 yards per game. I'm gonna say no still, but I don't necessarily mean that as a bad thing. If you know what I'm saying, okay. I, I think if the Packers can get another 12, 14, 15 touches out of Jones and he has 90 rushing yards, that's still a really good day for this offense because I think we're still gonna see a lot of Jamal Williams in this game as well. What I do like, though, and I I talked to Jones about this this week and in hearing some of Jamal Williams' comments, is that there's a little more clarity to this situation now. They know there's two guys. And, yeah, no disrespect to Trey Carson. He's up on the 53-man roster, too. But in a matchup like this and him coming in on a short week after being on the practice squad, it's going to be Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. That isn't a secret. Absolutely. I think that clarity is going to help them in the long run because if you look at their their styles of being a running back, they really do complement each other really well. When you look at the thunder and lightning approach, that's what they can potentially be. Yep. Now, whether or not that equates to a 100-yard contest, I can't say that definitively, but I will give you what I, what I will uh, add is that if the Packers are going to win this game, Aaron Jones needs to be a big part of it. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Aaron Jones needs needs to definitely be a big part of the offense. And I'm going to throw another thing at you that I think is somewhat the the hidden 
narrative of this game that a lot of people are ignoring. And obviously, it's it's about Brady and Rodgers and going oh, the long against snappers. The, the, the Belichick. Well, almost. Almost. Two but going picks. against the Belichick defense and and Mike Pettin and his history against the Patriots and what the Packers maybe do defensively, I think special teams is going to play a huge role in this game. And I I can rattle off all kinds of reasons, close. but but what's that? I was close. Yeah, but you go back go back to the 2010 the Matt Flynn game at Gillette Stadium, a 70 yard kickoff return by an offensive lineman for the Patriots that set up a touchdown was a huge play in that game. The Patriots this season, as I mentioned earlier this week, two special teams touchdowns at Soldier Field to beat a Bears team that really did go toe-to-toe with them offensively and defensively, but a kickoff return for a touchdown by Cordrell Patterson and a block punt return for a touchdown by New England special teams, and the Patriots win that game by seven. The Packers have had their issues on special teams on the road this year. It was a bad day on special teams in Detroit, very costly in a loss to the Lions, and a couple of really key mistakes down the stretch against Los Angeles last week that uh, that cost the Packers a shot at what what uh, could have been a really big road victory. So do the Packers, whoever the kick returner is that replaces Ty Montgomery, does that guy make a big play? Do the Packers down a punt inside the five-yard line once or twice like the Rams did to the Packers last week? Something like that. Cordero Patterson did fumble a kickoff in Chicago yeah. Before he had the run back for the touchdown, that set up a score for the Bears. So do the Packers special teams make a play like that and get a turnover somewhere along the line? I think something like that has to happen. The Packers cannot keep losing the battle on special teams, especially in these road games. They've got to hold up their end and give them an edge at some point here. You know what I like the most about Bill Belichick? Because, you know, sometimes Mike, he gets sort of a bad rap. Uh, you know, people, they show the, the, the news conferences in New England. He says two or three words. <laughs> it feels very terse. But he's a very th- – he's one of the smartest guys who's probably ever walked this earth when it comes to professional football, for one. But he is really analytical about how he breaks things down on these conference calls. And I was a part of one of those this week yeah. uh, with the opposing team media. Now, if you want to ask him about Chris Hogan or if Patterson's going to be in the running, ba- running back again this week, he's not going to answer those questions. Right. But what was really interesting is, getting back to your point about special teams, is how much it means to him. And I know he has some family ties to special teams. That was sort of where his roots were as well. But for so many people, it's a forgotten phase. It's the, okay, I'm going to go up and get some Cheetos, and I'll come back, and then it'll be first down. But for Belichick, he was breaking down the formations that Ron Zook uses on punts. Uh, he was talking about the different amount of personnel that they roll out. Mm-hmm. It is a very important focal point to him, and I think it stands to reason why they've consistently been one of the top performers year in and year out in that phase, despite how many accolades their offense and defense and those coaches get. For Belichick, though, going into this matchup, what's interesting is that you're right, it is those small things. It's the punt returns. It's you know guys like Matthew Slater that have been perennial Pro Bowl-type players because they do all the little things right. Yeah. It's about being able to maintain an established field position. None of that is lost on Belichick, and it's why he doesn't overlook it. For the Packers, getting back to your original point, they need to do a better job there. They have to clean things up, depending on who the kickoff returner is going to be, depending on who the punt returner is going to be. Right. There are a lot of things that they need to shore up on that side of things because they're just not going to give you a lot of opportunities. They're going to be able to capitalize. They execute in all three phases very efficiently. Packers need to be able to turn that 
a little bit and make sure that they don't give that away as an advantage to New England. Yeah, and in his Friday news conference, Mike McCarthy even referenced Bill Belichick and his special teams when he was the head coach at Cleveland, right. which is sort of the forgotten you know era of his as a head coach when things didn't go so well before he got to New England. But he had that reputation with regards to special teams, you know, all the way back then. So I think it's uh, I think it's going to play a, a big role in this game. Defensively for the Packers, we saw last week how all the different pressure packages that Mike Pettin threw at the Rams, most of the time it was a five-man pressure. It wasn't like some sort of all-out blitz, right. you know, a zero blitz, no safety coverage, you know, any of that. But it was, it's always about which five guys are coming, you know, and, and disguising, you know, who who's coming, who's dropping into coverage, all that kind of stuff. It seemed to get... Jared Goff off his game. Certainly through the first quarter, quarter and a half, he was he was really struggling. The coverage was there. The Packers were getting home and, and getting sacks when the coverage was holding up. You're not necessarily going to be able to do that to Tom Brady. He's going to have quicker answers to what he sees because he's seen it before. Right. He's going to know exactly where he's going with the ball. So defensively, what is the key to this game for the Packers, do you think? There are three keys for me. One, you do need to be able to get pressure. You can't just let them sit home and feel comfortable and move inside the pocket. As Mike Pettin said, you can talk all you want about his, you know, mobility outside the pocket, but inside the pocket, there's no wasted motion. Yeah. He makes everything count when he's, he's a in there. Guy. And yeah. he's a shifty guy, even at 41 years old. Yep. So you can't allow him to get comfortable. I don't care if it equates to sacks or not. He's only been sacked 11 times this year in what? 295 dropbacks. It's, it's going to be difficult to sack him, but you need to make sure that you make the pocket warm and not allow him to get into a rhythm in that way. My second point is this is a big game for the secondary. I don't think there could have been a bigger opportunity for Jair Alexander to really get into a rhythm, get into a flow, and get some confidence than what he did with against the Rams. He said, even going back to Louisville, he didn't have five pass breakups in a game. He also mentioned that if he has five past the defense he wants to make sure that one of those is at least an interception too yeah, yeah he wasn't happy about that aspect of it Kevin King what they do with Tremont Williams that is going to be an important focal point for this in what the 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 Patriots are able to do downfield and underneath Mike I don't know how they're going to defend James White but the Packers have to have an answer there I don't know if it's Blake Martinez I don't know if it's Jermaine Whitehead or Josh Jones or who exactly maybe one of the cornerbacks they need to be able to contain him because if you let him run loose, a guy that's on pace for 110 receptions this year, <laughs> he not necessarily going to burn you, but he's going to keep that chain moving, which say, sometimes is just as worse. Yeah, he's he's the chain mover because he's 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 not he's not just the 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 safety valve and all that, but he's he's kind of the Mister Clutch, you know, for yeah. for Brady out of the backfield. And Mike Pettin mentioned it when he spoke with the media on Thursday. You can come up with bracket coverages on a guy like Gronk or on a guy like Chris Hogan or Julian Edelman in the slot. It's really hard to double team a running back. Right. You're you're going to be left with really only one guy that you can assign to that running back. And as you said, whoever it is, if it's if it's Martinez or if it's Oren Burks or if it's one of the safeties, that guy has to be 
on his P's and Q's, so to speak, and be able to tackle because when it's one-on-one -on -one like that in space, one missed tackle can be the difference between a five-yard reception and a 15 or 18-yard reception. Absolutely. So the Packers really need to be uh, really need to lock things down in that respect. And to make one more point, one thing that Packers defense didn't accomplish last week was a takeaway. They need one here. They Good need point. to be able to turn over the football. And to keep in mind, I just want to put out this stat, Tom Brady, seven interceptions in eight games this year, Mike. I'm not trying to paint a portrait that he's going under or anything, but he's on pace for his most picks right now since 2005. Yeah. So if he's giving them away, if he's exposing the football a little bit more, a guy like Jair Alexander, Kevin King, those type of players need to make a play on the ball. Yeah, you got to get one for sure. Before we go, Wes, let's take a quick look at what else is going on around the National Football League here in week, is it week nine? Is that what we're That's at? where we're at already. Nine, Do you believe yeah. it? Okay. Um, NFC North. Lions against the Vikings. We've been talking before about how Lions, Bears, Vikings, none of them have played each other here as we've reached close to the, the midpoint of the season. But here's the first one. The Lions travel to Minneapolis, um, Minneapolis or Minnesota, I should say, coming off of that, uh, that tough home loss to the Saints last week. They want to get back on the right track. And the Detroit Lions kind of in the position they've they, they seem to be in on a regular basis every time they come up to a division game, like when they played the Packers a few weeks ago. If they get a win, they're right there. And, uh, and you know, an opportunity for Detroit as they, uh, as they head into a, uh, a tough place to play against the Vikings. I was saying, that, I mean, again, you know my stance on must-win games, Michael. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of them. Right. I, don't, I don't like that terminology in Week 9. But one of the reasons why I think this game is so critical for the Packers isn't necessarily because of just the what it does for you, what kind of boost it gives you if you beat the Patriots. It's also because this division, it, everybody's just logjammed right together going yep. around the first turn. Uh, you're trying to see exactly who's going to be the team that kind of finally edges their nose out front a little bit and gets some momentum. Nobody's really accomplished that this week. You know, Mike Zimmer was talking about his own team, and you know he likes where they are. He feels like you know they're starting to come into their own a little bit. But you know, Matt Patricia, they've had some good moments as well. And I have to imagine the Bears are feeling pretty good about where they're at after sort of beating, being sort of the the, the welcome mat for a lot of these teams the past few seasons in the NFC North. So. When you look at this matchup with the Vikings in Detroit, it's very interesting to me for two reasons. One, Vikings actually have a chance to get up two games above 500, start to feel a little good about themselves, and potentially being able to get on a run of their own. Yeah. The Lions are trying to prove that they aren't just a 500 or or you know seven and nine type team. They want to prove that they can contend this year. When they hired Matt Patricia in the moves that they made. For the most part, I mean, you can debate the Golden Tate thing, but for the most part, they made those moves because they want to win now. Yeah. So whoever comes out in there, we know how tough it is to play in that stadium. It's going to really, I think, help shape the, the 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 landscape of this division somewhat in terms of, okay, are we pulling everybody back together or are the Vikings starting to, to get out there a little bit? Yeah, and the other one in the NFC North this weekend, the Chicago Bears hosting, I believe, the uh, the Buffalo Bills. Correct. Um, no, sorry, the Bears are on the road. Oh, actually. no, sorry, they're the, playing the, the Bills. The is, yep, they're the on game, the road. game is in Buffalo, yep. but, uh, um, but they are playing the Bills. So I'm going to talk about how this is just a sure win for the Bears because when I did that about a month <laughs> and a half ago with the Minnesota Vikings, the Buffalo Bills shocked everybody and smoked Minnesota and threw the division into a tizzy so the bears are going to win this game going away no problem we don't even need to talk so, about it so you're an expert now who's the bills quarterback <laughs> now do you even know 
Is is Derek Anderson out right now? I'm I think sure. they're I think they're going if and if Anderson if Anderson is not healthy, then I think they're going back to Nathan Peterman. They signed Matt Barkley too. I don't yeah. know exactly what their thought process is there or how much longer they're gonna be missing Josh Allen, but the Bills are working through some tough things right now. If you're the Bears though, other than your terrific uh <laughs> your preview there. The, the Bears, they have to feel like they got to get this thing done. I oh, mean, yeah. This Bills team could ultimately be the team that ends up deciding who wins the division. Yeah, I mean, I know. for the NFC North. So right. it's going to be fun to watch. All right. Um, any other big games from the weekend you've got you, your you know the, on here? the one that I'm kind of excited to see, uh, well, for all the wrong reasons, Kansas City's playing Cleveland. We'll see how that works out. Seattle and in, in the Chargers is really interesting to me. In addition, you can we can talk about the Rams and Saints. Everybody knows that story. But yeah. Uh, the Chargers feel pretty good about themselves right now. Phillip Rivers is having one of the best years of his career. Uh, they've been moving the ball consistently. But we've seen Seattle start to get some momentum going, too, in their favor. Russell Wilson is the guy that is going to ultimately take that team as far as they're going to get. And he's been playing well recently. So Packers have them coming up here in two and a half weeks. It's going to be uh, one of those games, I think, before the Packers are on the field to kind of keep an eye on to see exactly where Seattle's at. Yeah, I think San Diego going into Seattle as far as one of those cross-conference. It's huge. It's, 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 an intriguing, it's an intriguing matchup. And, yes, the Rams against the Saints, the top two teams in the NFC, a Week 9 game that very well could decide some things as far as the, uh, the playoff picture down the road. Yeah, huge. I mean, right now, just taking it for what it is, this is 1-2 and two in the NFC. Yeah. So there's a lot of value in that, uh, potentially being able to have that home game. So All right. we'll see. With that, we will call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team and of Sunday night's big game from Gillette Stadium on Packers.com. On Twitter, he's at Wes Hot. I'm at Mike Spofford at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time.